അയ്യോ ഇറ്റ്സ് മലിക അഗൻ ബംബിംഗ് ഇൻറ്റർവ്യൂ വെരി ഓഫ് ആണോ യെസ് യെസ് ഹായ് ഹായ് ബേട്ടാ ഹൗ യു ഹായ് അങ്കിൾ ഹായ് ആൻ്റി ഓൺ ദ വേ ടു റെക്കോർഡ് യുവർ പോഡ്കാസ്റ്റ് ഐ സെറ്റ് എ കറക്റ്റ് നോ ഓ വാട്ട് വാട്ട് പോഡ്കാസ്റ്റ് അഗൻ യു ആർ ഫോർഗെറ്റിംഗ് റിമെമ്പർ ഷീ ടെല്ലിംഗ് അസ് അബൌട്ട് ഹെർ ഫാഷൻ ബ്രാൻഡ് കൗൺസിൽ പ്ലാൻസ് യു നോ ഷീ ഇസ് മേക്കിംഗ് ക്ലോസ് ആറ്റ് ഓഫ് ഗാർബേജ് സോറി ഇൻഡസ്ട്രിയൽ വേസ്റ്റ് Anyway, now she is talking to some diverse and creative people about their own council plans in life. Hmm. Wow, uh, that's quite right actually, Aunty. You know, Uncle, many of us have unexpected twists and turns in our lives. And through my show, I want to look at these plans we make and the plans that we break and how we persevere through it all. Ah, correct. Well done. Ah, quite interesting, I say. So, uh, who are you talking to on the podcast today? On the season finale of the Cancel Plans podcast, I catch up with reality TV star and fashion designer Seema Sajde. Seema feels like her whole life is a cancel plan. She tells us about her shift from bridal fashion to streetwear and athleisure, the importance of her girl tribe and how the fabulous lives of Bollywood wives changed the direction of her life completely. Okay. Hello. Is this uh, is this working? Okay, good, good. അയ്യോ സീമ ഐ ലവ് യു നെറ്റ്ഫ്ലിക്സ് യു ആർ ജസ്റ്റ് ആബ്സല്യൂട്ട്ലി ഫാബ്യുളസ് ബട്ട് വൈ ഡു ഡു റിയാലിറ്റി ഷോ എവറി വൺ ടു നോ യുവർ ബിസിനസ് യു നോ ഹാവ് പീപ്പിൾ ടോക്ക് ബെറ്റർ ടു സ്റ്റേ അറ്റ് ഹോം യു ഡോൺ ഹാവ് ടു ബിക്കം ഗോസിപ്പ് ഓഫ് ടൗൺ ആൻഡ് ഓൾ വൈ ആൾ ദിസ് സ്റ്റേ അറ്റ് ഹോം റിലാക്സ് ലിറ്റിൽ ബോറിംഗ് യു കെൻ ജോയിൻ മൈ കിട്ടി പാർട്ടി Oh god what should i say to this these questions come at you why are you watching my show then sit at home and look after your kids and don't watch my show i know there are a lot of people who say this that why are you doing this and why are you showing your life you got it flaunted you heard it auntie you are seema why and the answer is plain and simple because she can well i'm going to jump right into our conversation now You and I first connected about 2 years ago. We have our own little cancel plan stories where we tried to do some work together, it didn't really work out. But in the process like I've made a good friend so I have no complaints. Yeah, we have history now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> which is a good product of the cancel plans definitely and i honestly believe that you know sometimes the best laid plans get cancelled only for something even better to come along correct i want to hear about some of the major cancel plans in your life that have kind of led you to become who you are today wow can i tell you my whole life is a cancelled plan i have now decided that i never plan anything cuz nothing in my life is actually gone according to plan you know at the time that i want something and i really want it and it kind of evades me but then i look back and i realize i got something completely worthwhile you know so i think life is like that i don't know blessed are the people whose life goes according to plan so that's not me uh let's start with I mean if you were to see even where my work is concerned you know I wanted to build this fashion label and be you know international and all over the world and you know I struggled I mean I was doing well but you know with so much happening in my life I wasn't able to kind of take it to that level I wanted to to go and the show kind of just fell in my lap and at that point I was really thinking that you know what I need to do something more substantial with my life people actually see me for you know who I am whether it's through creativity whether it's through my design that was what I was aiming for but what happened to me on the flip side was that the show brought about 
such a change in my life and completely changed the direction where I was going. So today I'm sitting here and I have like so many avenues of work, which I'm so grateful for. It's kind of panned out in a way I never really thought, I never really expected. And, you know, through the show, I know it's like this fluff kind of a, you know, a feel good kind of a show. cringe, cringe <laughs> that everyone's calling it. But I'd like to think that the kind of uh, feedback I get, especially from women, is that somewhere they look at me, like my producer calls me this little budding feminist. It's also kind of, you know, helped me in many other areas of my life to make important decisions, how I think, how I look at people. So overall, it's been a growth for me personally, not just work-wise, but personally also, it's been growth for me. Yeah, that's very exciting. I'm going to dig a little bit deeper into each of these different things. So uh, let's go way back. You have had exposure to your father's business, which was in apparel. And then you quite got excited by the design bug that bit you. And then you kind of built your own fashion label. What was that journey like that kind of made you a designer? Quite frankly, I've always been, even when I was a little girl, I was all about fashion. I was very particular about what I wear. And some of them were really, I was horrified at what I used to wear. Like, <laughs> horrified. Like the locomotion days and Kylie Minogue, I used to wear all the plastic bangles and the Madonna and the big plastic Iconic. and stuff. Oh my God, I really did keep up with the trends as much as I could then. And, you know, the thing is, my dad was in the garment business. He was constantly make sampling and he was doing stuff for the Far East, right? It wasn't really my fashion sensibility. But I kind of got exposed to a lot of the technical working behind it because he was an exporter. It wasn't so much about sketching. It was more about the technical aspect of it. And I think I slowly started. I, I think once I went to college and you know how Bombay colleges are, right? You just bunk college and you hang out and you, you know, how many lectures do you actually attend? You only start cramming in all that stuff when it comes to giving exams. And I am a very, very restless person by nature. Like I constantly need to do something. You can ask for Hussein here. I'm at home, but I'm constantly like fidgeting and sorting out something. I can't sit still. Out of that part of my personality came the fact that I didn't want to hang around and do nothing. I did it for a year at Xavier's. And then I started going to work for my dad. And he used to have this surplus fabric he was just throwing. And I was like, you can't throw this. So I got this tailor and homemade, sat at home. Fun. Picked out designs and I put together these clothes and I started wearing them. And then, you know, after that, slowly, I did like this small exhibition at home and you know all the building girls came and I made some good extra pocket money dude I was like whoa I can make money so it started like that and then you know Oak Tree back in the day it was his first store that had this western clothes and were very difficult to find in Bombay we didn't have Zara and H&M or any of that all we had was Cotton World Cotton World was a Closest you could go of Fashion Street, which by the way, I still love. I love to dig. But yeah, so that was the closest you could go if you weren't traveling, you know, as such. So we didn't have online or any of that. So I started with Oak Tree and that was it. Yeah, I just didn't look back. It just kept growing and I kept going from strength to strength and it just started expanding. It's a passion with me. I need to create, whether it's clothes or, you know, anything. You put me in a creative field and I thrive. 
That's awesome. And I think you've also made that now conscious shift from like bridal fashion to streetwear and athleisure. So what was kind of the aha moment that propelled this change? And you're also gearing up to launch your new label that I'm very excited about. So let's hear a little bit about kind of that shift and what we can see in the future. I think, you know, through life, you also evolve, your tastes also evolve. My fashion game, so to say, has completely changed. Like I told you, I get bored very easily. I'm restless. So I like to try new stuff. So I'm constantly trying new looks. I don't think there's a fashion look I haven't really tried over the years. But I think eventually I went into more comfortable. And I think because being single and everything, you have that little bit like everyone makes fun of me. You're more like a man. Being a mom to two boys also, my dressing became more grungy, more streetwear. My bridal line was doing very well, but it was taking up a lot of my time. And I'm a stickler for perfection. You can't keep a cushion upside down, it'll bug me. Even if I come to your house, I'll make it straight. It was driving me mad to that point that eventually, you know, things were coming out that I didn't like. There were certain pieces that were coming out that if I was not present, my assistants would do and it would sell, but it was not something that I loved. Then the pandemic came and I just started thinking that, you know, what do I do that's slightly different yet again? And I realized that everyone was dressing in sweatshirts and it can look so cool. It's so comfortable. And who effing said that a woman has to wear heels? Please. Amen to that. <laughs> it's exhausting. It's painful. I don't know a pair of heels made on this planet that are comfortable. I agree. For long periods of time. I mean, like, seriously, I have a pair that's for sitting. Then there's one for standing for 10 minutes. <laughs> then there's one for a party for an hour. But the flats are going in my bag with me. So, you know, I think from that and, you know, spending time with my boys, I thought to myself, I can do this. And you know, the sweatshirts, I started wearing more of them and I realized that they look good on me and I was dressing them up. I was dressing them down. If there was a dinner or a party also, I'd show up in a sweatshirt. And honestly, it looked really cool. Like you don't have to wear a dress to look like a girl. You can still wear and feel feminine. You can still wear a sweatshirt and feel, you feel confident. You still feel like you can kick ass. You're speaking my language because I'm also someone who lives in sweatshirts and yeah, like I, I really like that thought that you don't need to wear a dress to look like a girl. Yeah, yeah you don't need to wear something that you can't breathe in. And I think it also comes with age, but I can't wear that shit anymore. Okay, once in a way, but after a point and for a particular amount of time, I feel like tight dresses need to come with instruction manuals now and how to breathe. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So tell me, what are you working on? Tell me a little bit about the next phase for you as a designer. So right now, currently, I'm working on, you know, how many changes we've been through, but we're finally calling it Why. It's a streetwear label and it's about the fabric. It's very breathable, organic PCI cotton, which I'm trying to kind of up it to sustainable. We started with sustainable, but I, I couldn't get the colors right because the design, it's all about the graphics. It's all about a story that it tells. Every sweatshirt has a story to tell, right? It's about my state of mind in the last two years, what my state of mind has been. It's also been a lot about me observing the kids today. You know, the kids today, they find beauty in darkness. I'm so like taken in by them. I'm actually intrigued. I'm intrigued with the way their mind works and how they look at art and beauty and dressing. Like the girls today, A, 
I think are super cool. They don't care about what size they're on a size zero. They don't give a shit. Even if you're a plus size, they're still wearing what you know a small size would wear, and effing carrying it off with confidence. Owning it, yeah. They're owning it. You know, the girls are not like they don't have like long, pretty pink nails. They want like short, stubby black nails. And I think it's a lot to do with the way they're thinking, the way they're coping. You know, there's so much out there today. It's social media. Social media also has its. How do I say it's? It's got a plus, but it's also got a side to it that can be very, very disturbing. And I think you know, there's so much exposure to so much so fast that it's an overload of information on the mind, and so an overload of emotions. And the kids really think that if you're just sitting still and doing nothing, you're wasting time. But you know, there's so many complex dimensions to this whole mind of theirs that I try to put a little bit of that. into my work like you know whether it was a sweatshirt um i have this one which is a girl but it's a complete skeleton but i call it you know you're bearing your soul i also want the kids to give me their designs and see how they feel they put it in through art see what is creativity it's basically an expression of your emotion you know how you're feeling your state of mind it comes out through your creativity so that's exactly the path i'm exploring but i'm more exploring what the youth is thinking today and i'm kind of understanding that's very cool because i think it's like you know it's all expression and like you said i think when on the show in the last season that you uh, had a few of your designs out there everyone said it was quite aggressive but now you know you hear about what goes on in the process of producing something like this and then you're like that makes so much sense people want to express themselves they want to let people know what they're thinking it's not like before where they're hiding themselves under clothes yeah they don't have to hide behind anything i needed to be like an expression of what you feel inside and you know to talk about it also the fact that you can't bring up children today the way we were brought up it's a different world especially even with me with my boys you have to somewhere understand where they're coming from meet them at their level their thinking is not what your thinking was but i also think that it's a plus because they're so much more confident than i mean i look at my son today at 21 and 20 or even when he was 18 and god i was a i was a cow i didn't understand anything <laughs> i was so like a damsel in distress vibe going on all the time but these are like confident kids they know exactly what they want but they find it hard to communicate with our generation so through this i just feel like somewhere you need to meet them at their level and understand that just because it's dark doesn't mean it's ugly you know what i'm saying yeah. there's a thought process behind it the way they comprehend life in particular even you know mental illness mental illness is such a big thing today i feel like there's no expression for it so you know i'm kind of like tapping into all of that and kind of trying to bring it out through my art my graphics on my sweatshirts Yeah, I think it's like there is that dichotomy of they're very confident and they're very expressive and they're constantly on the move and doing things and then there's the other side of it where there is severe anxiety. There's a lot of depression. There's a lot of like looking at other people doing things on the internet and having that kind of self-doubt. So I think it's like very tricky times we're living in. It could go this way or this way. Really, there are two types of kids. There's one that is like I don't give a fuck and then there's one side that is they're constantly idolizing and looking at social media and it's pressure on them they want to be that they want to look like that it's not cool just be you yeah 
So I want to talk a little bit about, you know, like social media and you being a public figure as well. You star in a reality show and now you have the tag that's fabulous that comes along with you. How did this plan come into your life? So the show came about because we, the four of us have been friends for like forever. I think it's been over 25 years. And, you know, to reach this level of comfort, you got to kind of, like I've always said, women, you need to climb mountains together. You need to be together. You need to go through stuff together to reach this point of comfort. It's not about the good times. It's about actually the hard times. And when we get together, we're a mad bunch because you're so free and so, you know, yourself. We were on a plane, actually. So, so funny. We were going to attend someone's funeral and we were on a private plane with Karan. And all four of us have such distinctly different personalities you know my heap is only about applying her lipstick and I'm praying because the flight is bumpy and Bhavna saying her prayers and I'm screaming about it and Neelam is like she couldn't be bothered she's just eating you know she's just like okay where's the food show me the food and Karan is looking at us and he's like you're an insane bunch and he says you guys need to be on a TV show on a reality show so I was like okay yeah like whatever that's ever gonna happen well you don't really give it any thought and then he I think he called us about a month later and he said, you know, we want to shoot a pilot. And first he wanted to talk to us about it and say, you know, I want to do this and I want to produce it and blah, blah, blah. And I thought to myself, I was the first one who said, you know, I was at a point in my life where I was like, okay, I'm in. Like, you know, I'm ready to try anything new. Of course, I just wanted my kids to be okay with it. Younger one was too little. Nirvan said to me, you know what? It's a TV show you're making with dharma, dharmatic, and you're making it with your friends. I mean, who do you think you are? You can't say no. Who do you think you are? <laughs> who are you to say no? So I was like, okay. He says, it's just going to be fun. And I jumped into it like that. I just thought to myself, you know what? I didn't think that it would do this well. I thought, okay, who's going to watch us and why? I went along for it. I looked at it as one long girl's holiday. And I'm in. Count me in. Like, you know, it's just be yourself. So I think we shot a pilot after that. See, I've never had facing the camera experience. So I don't know what it's like. I was just myself. I have no filter. What was that like? Were you very nervous? So, uh, you know, when we shot the pilot, I was a bit nervous to the point I was like, you know, okay, these cameras are coming on. How am I looking? My outfit looking good. This <laughs> is a hair in place. It still goes on. But then, you know, everybody you hang out with them so much, they become like, they're all my friends. They become like family. They live in your homes literally for so many, you know, months. And you kind of forget how much can you pretend? You know, the cameras are rolling. It's like saying, I'm sitting up in my dress and I'm sucking in my stomach. But for how long? You'll do it for five minutes. You'll do it for 10 minutes. After that, you cannot lie to a camera. You just can't. That I can tell you in reality what people think it's scripted and all. Can't. A camera catches every emotion. You can't lie to a camera. So it just kind of flowed from there. And I just went with it. Like I always tell them, we don't like kind of pre-plan they'll only tell us a situation and they say okay you know you're here and what happened yesterday you need to discuss it and I'm like okay cool and then you just get into the discussion and then whatever comes out of my mouth comes out of my mouth luckily for me my producer likes me so she protects me <laughs> <laughs> I think there's some real gems that come out of your mouth so I for one I'm grateful <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> look my only thing was as long as I don't hurt anybody you can take a dig at me and I'll take it my friends and I just as long as you don't hurt anybody it's fine. Yeah, that's a good overall rule. To have. Yeah, overall rule is just don't be nasty. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, you can, I mean, I'm sarcastic and that's my nature. And, I, you know, you just got to take it. It's coming from me. I think that really comes through on the show. And so what was it like after the show came out, after you saw how it was received, it went on for a season two? 
what was kind of your expectation and what was real life after that i was actually i was numb for for the first few days because i couldn't believe the outpour of love there was there was a lot of criticism as well but that's fine i just don't read it that's how i deal with it just don't read it it's fine you everybody has an opinion you're entitled to your opinion it's fine but you know the love far outweighed that you know nasty hate that came at me so i think you know the first few days i couldn't believe what had just happened because i was like why i'm still trying to ask myself but why but i think what really connected with me was the number of women that connected with me of all different age groups like there were kids who were asking me wanted to know where my outfit was from or which was that lipstick you wore in episode 4 i'm like dude do i even remember that no <laughs> and then there were women who were reaching out to me and saying okay you know we are also in our 40s and we are moms and you know they're kind of not in very great situations but you know we know we're not dead we can still enjoy life so the whole purpose of the whole thing was that wherever you are in life and whatever age you're at you're not dead you can still have a good time just because you have you've married and you've had kids and you've done your bit women often think okay now abhi chalta hai now what's the point yeah now what's the point yeah that's the general attitude but you're still alive like you yeah. said yeah. what I do you mean, do yeah it's never too late and i think also the fact that you know i don't know i think somewhere they touched on a personal note with me being single and kind of the way i look at life and the way i approach it i think i got a lot of strength i have to say from the women i got a lot of confidence for season 2 from these women i really did i mean contrary you can't obviously answer so many dms right every time i'd clear my inbox with another 100 and another 100 and another 100 as many as i could i would it's not it's physically Humanly possible, possible. Yeah. yeah but i want to say i read all of them and there are times in the beginning i used to just sit in the night and read all of them and sometimes i would feel like choked and overwhelmed with the kind of response i got from women and i think that kind of gave me a confidence boost you know it was a huge eye opener for me actually to say that there are so many of them out there who kind of feel the same way you do you know so i, I think that was what was a big plus for me as i connected with them on that level so i think that i owe that budding feminist to them it's awesome because you know when you see things on screen or something it's always like how has that person inspired you or how have those characters inspired you but this is such a great story of how the people who are watching this are the source of your strength completely they are completely my inspiration i mean even from the young girls the fashion i'm inspired by all of them all the dms that come to me i am so overwhelmed at times that sometimes i feel like i don't deserve it i really do i said most of the times i feel like i don't deserve it because i'm actually just one of them but it's just that i'm lucky enough that i got this platform to actually you know say a few things what they take home from it i'm also quite surprised at times at how they pick up on certain things about my personality which is damn true <laughs> so you've always put your family first you've put your children first and this came on the show as well when it came to your divorce you're also super close with your siblings i've met your sister as well and you have also in this conversation of ours and before expressed the importance of having a girl tribe so i want to hear about your environment and your support system that kind of lets you be you and encourages you to be you and a little more about the people in your life that make you who you are 
So look, I have so many women in my life that I have to be thankful for, starting with my mother, of course. She's also kind of had it hard off and on over the years. And she's a one effing strong woman. So I think I get that from her, but so is my sister. But yeah, I do have my siblings, my brother, especially. He is my complete pillar of strength. It's like for him, uh, he's so open-minded and I know he came across in the show as being nasty to me, but if there's anything I ever need in life and if I've been able to actually, for lack of a better word, fly, it's because of him. I have to say that. There's nothing you can't do and there's no sticky situation you can't get out of. And honestly, that's one thing he tells me, you need to stop caring about what anyone thinks of you. Whether it's me or Richa or Mama or Papa, you need to stop caring about what anyone thinks of you and you do you. And I swear it stuck with me years ago that you do you. At the end of the day, it's about your happiness. And the truth is that I'm surrounded by such strong women, like whether it's Mahip, Havna, Neelam, Gauri, all my friends, my sisters. I think that at every point in life, when you hit a low, it's always a woman who will hold your hand. It's rarely a man. You are nothing without your women. And that is a fact. A woman who has her tribe behind her is truly blessed because that tribe is what will see you through life, not the man. Don't get me wrong. You get love and support from men, of course. You know, your relationships are important. Your husbands are important. But one thing as a woman you have to understand is that it is a woman that will hold your hand through all your crisis and your downs in life. And that's what I strongly believe in. And that is, I think, I am where I am today. And I think I'm independent and I'm, you know, more focused and I have so much clarity in my head. But it's not just me. It's all these women who've egged me and pushed me on and boosted me up when I really needed it. Thank God for my women and my tribe. Yeah, I agree. I feel the same about the women in my life as well. Yeah. You've been very outspoken about your beliefs, your point of view, and you've expressed all of this very publicly. So what advice would you give, especially women who are on the cusp of, you know, having to cancel a plan that they've made to maybe take a different path or, you know, especially maybe like someone who's deciding whether or not they should get divorced? these big kind of life decisions, somebody who's about to make that kind of decision, what advice do you have for them? Look, I can just tell you there are a couple of things. See, everyone's situation is different. Everyone stays in a marriage for different reasons. No judgment here, nothing, because what works for you may not work for me. But having said that, I can just tell you one thing that you have to first internalize and see what makes you happy. Because if you're not a happy person, from within, if you don't look in the mirror and feel happy about yourself, you're not going to be able to make a singular person around you happy, not even your kids. You're going to be cranky, you're going to be irritable, you're going to have resentment, all of that. So whatever it is that makes you happy, you need to do that. You put yourself first. I know it sounds selfish, but even when it comes to your children, you need to first put yourself first because you can't pour from an empty cup. As old as the saying goes, it's true. You cannot pour from an empty cup and you have to do you. You got to really honestly not have any doubts there and you got to do you. You got to do whether you can do it. It's all about you. At the end of the day, I know it is when they say me, myself and I, but there's a reason for that me, myself and I, because you need to first, you know, be sure of yourself before you can actually 
start making other people happy and it's not been easy for me to get to my decisions it's not like i made up my mind it's taken me years and years and years and i have said yes no yes no yes no for so many years i think i reached here finally when i realized it comes to you yeah you just know that moment when you know that you know what if i go right that's going to make me happy and if i go left i'll have a little bit of a doubt i could be happy but there's a doubt that you can't be don't let doubt come in the way but you got to be clear what makes you happy and go for it i think these are some of the internal struggles that we have within ourselves about making decisions now what advice would you give someone who has to like stick to their beliefs in a society that can be so judgmental towards them that's very hard you know especially when it comes to being a woman all sorts of people have an opinion and they judge you but see at the end of the day like i said you do you do for example i'm just hypothetically saying you are making a decision and you're going to be worried about what my mother will say what my mother in law will say what my this one will say okay let's say you make the decision to make them happy then what i guarantee you that it's a matter of time before you explode because it's has to be about you you know what i'm saying you take their feelings into account i totally get that the process has to be keeping in mind everyone's feelings yes you be sensitive towards people i totally get that as well don't be insensitive but you know i think at the end of the day if you're going to be worried so much about judgment and what people say about you then dude everyone has something to say everyone has an opinion whether you do the right thing or the wrong thing there's always going to be an opinion yeah i agree i think that's important advice that people need to just kind of pay attention to themselves before thinking about anyone else yes i have only one rule is that whatever you do you have to have empathy you have to be sensitive to people you know i can't handle it when someone is nasty otherwise you just got to be a little selfish you got to be cruel sometimes to be kind and you have to be sometimes a little selfish in the long run and if your plans get cancelled trust me there's a bigger plan in store for you that i know from experience i love that thank you so much for taking the time today thank you malika what a perfect note to end this episode and this season of the cancel plans podcast Thank you so much for being on the show Seema. It's been equal parts fun and inspiring speaking to you. Make sure to check out the episode description to see where you can follow Seema and her work. Oh and don't forget to check out Cancel Plans at www.cancelplans.com. Follow us on Instagram at cancelplans.club and come say hi to me on my personal Instagram which is @malikareddyg. See you next week. Ayo, tell them to follow me also. Even I have opened one Instagram account. Oh, really, Auntie? Sure, of course. What's your Instagram handle? Huh? Handle? What is handle? I don't have any handle and all that. What is this? <laughs> okay, no problem. You can tell them next time, okay? <laughs>